everybody. How we all doing? I'm Michael. I'm joined by Alex, as always. How's it going? And this is a new episode of Falling Through Potholes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. Alex, how are you feeling today? How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You feeling all right? Good, 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 good. So am I, so am I. I filled up on taco time before I got started on this, and that's always a, that's always a good decision to make on a cloudy Saturday day just to eat way, way too much fast food, and then talk about video games for about an hour and a half. Yeah, it's a good time. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know what else is a good time, Alex? What's that? Reading. Yes, generally that is true. Yeah, generally, you know, just, you know, sitting down reading a book or, you know, reading a piece of fiction is something that can really expand your worldview and really help calm you, center you, you know, help you make you more learned. Mm -hmm. Just reading is just great overall. Alex, do you do like a lot of fiction reading or just a lot of reading in general? These days, I honestly don't. Um, I, I tend towards uh, fiction through video games or possibly movies more than hmm. reading. But, you know, I, I certainly respect a good book. I've had There have been a few fictions I've read in the past few years. Yeah, same, same. I, I've been trying to get more into fiction reading. I used to be like a very heavy, like a nonfiction reader. Mm. Um, but, you know. It's it's like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, you know, people talking about all these, you know, you know, different great books and whatnot and giving all these me all these recommendations. It's like, okay, maybe I should actually sit down and read some of these. Cause clearly there's, you know, there's a lot of really good fiction books out there for a reason, and it really should expand my worldview on that. Yeah. But back when I was a teenager, I did read an awful lot of fiction. Mm-hmm. And Alex, I want to start this off by sharing an excerpt from my favorite piece of fiction from all like of all time. Okay. Now, unfortunately, it does appear to be lost in time, so I kind of have to uh, uh, basically go off of my memory. So okay. this will probably be a little inaccurate, but I, I still think you and the viewers and listeners will appreciate this. So, as Sonic looked down at his blood-soaked hands and looked over at his dead friends, he could wonder what would possibly possess him to do this. He then asked the spirit, why? Why would you make me do this? And the spirit looked up at him. He said, because I am the embodiment of all evil. Oh I God. am Hitler. Oh my God. <laughs> I was so sad that I could not find this particular fanfic, which I think was from around 2007 or 2008. <laughs> mm, yeah, that sounds roughly right. <laughs> now... I don't know about you, Alex, but I used to read a lot of fan fiction back in the day. <laughs> and I have read some. <laughs> Not a ton. Very little concerning Hitler. <laughs> now, to be fair, a lot of the I, I did read, would, I would go to fanfiction.net, uh, mm-hmm. which, by the way, a website that has not changed its layout at all in the past 25 years. Uh, and I would search by the category angst. Because that was one of the categories. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, I would usually try to find the worst fanfics I could possibly read. And that was one of them. And it was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> now, I, I kind of want to talk about fanfic.net just a little bit. Because while it's not the most popular site anymore, unlike, say, uh, AO3, it's still mm-hmm. an impressive repository for the angstiest fanfictions you could ever lay your eyes on. No matter how big or small the game, TV, movie, whatever is. For instance, Alex, if you want to read about like, 32 separate stories involving Mighty Number no. 9, 
about half of them written by the same person, you totally can. Yeah, that, that checks out. Uh, there's about 2,400 different Kirby fanfics in case you get a hankering to read about King DDD's thoughts about his impending death. Okay, that also makes sense. <laughs> but Alex, I, w- I want you to give me a couple guesses of what are the three most popular video game categories that are on there. Oh, categories? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I and categories like... I mean like game series, yeah. Oh, so, wait, oh, sorry. So series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Sonic. And what would fit into that number three? I'm gonna. It's gonna be really obvious as soon as I hear it, but it probably will be. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank on the third one. I guess I'll say Zelda. Zelda. I mean, Zelda would be a solid choice. Right. You got two out of three, so I'm gonna name them from the most popular to the least popular. Okay. So in number one is Pokemon, with a uh, hundred. Yes. Yeah, a hundred and two thousand. Right, that makes sense. Kingdom Hearts is in a kind of a distant second with 74,000 fix. Mm -hmm. And today's topic, Sonic the Hedgehog, is 41,000 fanfics. Oh, boy. That's right. We finally talked about Sonic. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So so now you really have my attention because my first question is, how? How is there 41,000 fanfics, or no, why no, no. are we talking how, about Sonic? No, how are we going to talk about San- Sonic? Because the topic of Sonic is broad and vast. It is. It is. And I'm so glad you asked, because, yes, this is going to be a very narrow scope episode. Okay. Uh, two episodes, actually. Because we're going to be primarily talking about what's called modern Sonic. Mm. And there are three reasons for this. First, is that for an eight-year period, the Sonic games took themselves way too seriously. In a way, that is not unlike the Hitler fanfic I told you about. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be talking about the games from about, uh, what, 1999 to about 2006. Okay. The second is that with, the, with this, the Sonic universe underwent like a major overhaul with like mm-hmm. the character designs being updated, the setting modernized. And the general the games were made like somewhat unrecognizable to what came before it. Like, there's a pretty strong delineation between what's considered classic Sonic right. and modern Sonic. Which, such a strong delineation, it's even been canonized to a degree. It has, yes. In a way that's super confusing. Yes. Like, are those characters from the past? Is it a different dimension? Depending on the game, it's <laughs> a different answer, it turns out. Yep. Yeah, and so with these characters' designs being modernized, uh, these changes were incredibly popular fans, and it inspired what was a then-aging into their teenage years fan base to create their own Sonic art, whether that was like fan art or fan fiction, Mm -hmm. such as the one I just mentioned, right? with their own original characters and the like. And I want to clarify, it's not just because of these particular changes, like the Sonic the Hedgehog animated series and comic from Mm -hmm. Archie also had a big influence on this, but, you know... there are many ingredients that go into this pie, and modern Sonic is a big ingredient there. It's, yeah, it's certainly. The binding agent, if you will. Right. Finally, we're focusing on this eight-year time period because after a very high-profile flop, Sonic is going to shift directions and become a lot less serious. Yeah. So to give you the scope of what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about Sonic Adventure, Adventure 2, Sonic Heroes, everyone's favorite shadow of the hedgehog yep. and finally wrap this up with sonic the hedgehog 2006 oh boy oh boy uh, yeah you excited alex i'm v- 
very, very excited. <laughs> Alex, uh, are you a fan of, like, modern Sonic, or are you a fan of Sonic in general? <sighs> okay, I am a huge fan of Sonic in general, with the caveat being I hate Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that's about right, yeah. Um, And that same feeling very much extends to to modern Sonic. So, to to sort of break down... What is essentially the biography of my life into a short summary, because Sonic has been a constant part of my life since I was about five. Um, I was way into Sonic growing up. I was mm-hmm. a Sega kid basically because of Sonic, because I thought Sonic was cooler than Mario. So I got a Genesis. I got a Game Gear before I got oh, a Game man. Boy. Uh, I I can tell you about Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Sega Game Gear sometime. Short version <laughs> is it is wild and a mess. Um, mm-hmm. So played all of the Genesis Sonics, played most of the Game Gear Sonics. Uh, so, you know, had a strong foundation in Sonic when in... I don't know how much the history of modern Sonic you want to jump into right now, but going into it, basically when they when Sega showed off Sonic Adventure for the Sega Dreamcast in 1998-99, um, I thought it was the greatest, most amazing thing ever, yeah. and holy crap. Um, yet, for some reason, did not end up getting a Sega Dreamcast, as I think was common. Yeah, um, fortunately, Dreamcast did not sell well. I, yeah. I was a Dreamcast kid, and yeah, no, Sonic Adventure is fantastic. Love it. Yes. So I have since played Sonic Adventure. The first 3D Sonic I actually played was Sonic Adventure 2 Battle mm-hmm. for the GameCube. Yeah. Um, And then many years later, went back, got a used Dreamcast, and played Sonic Adventure 1. Um. When I play Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, I absolutely loved it, at least the parts of it that were Sonic, Mm -hmm. and felt the same about Sonic Adventure 1. Uh, Today, I think those games are very charming and incredibly hard to play. Yeah, they have not aged well. No, no, in fact, they aged very badly. Yeah, particularly Sonic Adventure. Adventure 2... I, I still think is pretty playable and looks pretty nice, but yeah, yeah first adventure on the Dreamcast, uh, not so much. Yeah, yeah. So similar but different. Uh, I think we have our as far as our backgrounds for Sonic are concerned. Uh, mm. I grew up as a Nintendo kid, but okay. I still ended up with the Genesis a little bit later uh, after Sonic Two came out, and yeah, no, I I wanted Sonic Three the day it came out, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a great game, loved it when. The Dreamcast came around. I was like, I want that so bad. Admittedly, I wanted it more because Marvel vs. Capcom was coming out for it. That's fair. But, you know, I still got Sonic Adventure and still loved it. Mm-hmm. I wanted Sonic Adventure 2 the day it came out, and I did I did eventually get that game as well. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved Modern Sonic. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really... Like, it hit me at the right age. I was like, I think 12 at the time that Sonic had its big redesign. Yeah. And I was like, okay, no, yeah, this looks totally cool. Yeah, I love this art style. I love yeah. everything about this. It hit hit me at the right time. Yep, absolutely. Um, which probably helps because I kind of thought that the American version of like uh, what classic Sonic looked like kind of looked terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. So, so yeah, like I was, I was totally primed for this. And as somebody who also like watched the animated show and had the comics is like, yeah, th- mm. I, this was the perfect game for me. So yep. yeah, I think pretty darn similar. 
but yeah, also like you, I also now hate Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a more beloved, more mismanaged franchise in video games? I don't think there is, really. I don't I, think there could be. I honestly find Sonic amazing for the fact that it has completely burned the entire thing to the ground and rebuilt from its ashes so many times. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think Sonic is killable. It might not that. be. Sega has tried their hardest many times through history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really have. They really have. So... And this is probably going to be the first, well, actually, this is going to technically be the second time they burned the franchise to the ground. They, they rebuilt and built and burnt it to the ground, uh, oddly enough. And we're going to go into a little bit of how they burnt it to the ground in the first place. Yeah. Mike, do you realize it is? it has currently been four years since the last major 3D Sonic release? It has been, which is a, a, extraordinarily long, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's kind of crazy. Um, I I can't wait for them to show off whatever mess they have cooking right now. Oh, it's it's going to probably be really bad. It's going to be really bad, and I will probably play it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, before we get into the plots of these games, I do want to give a very brief overview of Sonic. And uh, do this because I want to get into why they did the redesign in the first place. Because this didn't just happen in a vacuum. Right. Uh, and I want to talk about it because... It is a bit of a of a wild story, one that I had to cut down pretty significantly because it was it was starting to balloon out of scope. Like it could be an mm. entire podcast episode by itself. Absolutely. But I want to talk a little bit about uh, Sega in the '90s and a story involving two separate branches of that company that had basically a pissing match for no real reason. <laughs> So, you see, Alex, it's somewhat common knowledge that the 16-bit Sonic games, that is Sonic 1, 2, CD, 3, and Knuckles, mm -hmm. uh, weren't all internally developed in Japan. Right. While the first game was developed by the team uh, that was headed by Yuji Naka, mm -hmm. uh, that would eventually become known as Sonic Team, uh, the second game wasn't. Mm. That was developed by Sega Technical Institute. Now, this was because of a couple of reasons. Uh, the first is that while Sonic was big in Japan... It was huge in North America. Yeah. Like, it's credited with turning Sega's fortunes around the region, which is, it's not completely accurate, but there really is a strong delineation between Sega before 1991, as far as how the Genesis was doing compared to Nintendo, mm -hmm. and then after that, after Sonic came out. Because right. after Sonic comes out, they're eventually going to get 55% of the market share in North America and actually overtake Nintendo for a very brief moment. Right. And it's going to be in large part because of Sonic. Sonic was everywhere after mm -hmm. it came out. So and it was like the only, probably the only mascot, video game mascot in history to actually compete with Mario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like have the act, like the same like name recognition and just right. You know, visual recognition that Mario has. Right. Like, to the point that there are now Mario and Sonic at the Olympics games. Like, there is no mm -hmm. other character that could stand beside Mario for real. Absolutely in not. In a video yeah. game title. Yeah. Mario's again, own brother can't stand beside <laughs> him. <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> poor Luigi. Poor Luigi. Oh, he... You poor, poor, sad <laughs> bastard. <laughs> so, yeah, because of this, Sega was like, okay, we need to develop this game in North America. So they gave the sequel to Sonic to Sega Technical Institute to develop. Right. 
uh, I would really love to like get into the details of STI because mm-hmm. it's a fascinating history. I mean, it was founded by Mar- Mark Cerny, the Marvel mm-hmm. Madness guy, right? And now person in charge of all hardware development at Sony, <laughs> <laughs> and like talk about the games and whatnot. Like, I want to talk about Green Dog, the beach surf- surfer dude, and Kid oh, Chameleon. God. Yeah, absolutely oh, terrible Kid games. But... Yeah, but we don't have the time for that, unfortunately. Yeah. The All you goes, need to know is that they gave the second game to Sega Technical Institute and a much better game came out of it. Indeed. And part of that is because it was a weird fusion collaboration where they, where Yuji Naka, who was on the verge of quitting, was convinced mm. by Mark Cerny to actually come to like the United States and help work on this game. Right. And he brought some Japanese developers with him, which apparently turned development into a complete shit show. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah, because, like, their visas were delayed getting into the United States in the first place. So, like, a lot of the mm. game was already developed. And then there was just a lot of clashing of personalities where, like, the Japanese developers just kind of looked down on STI. Right. right. And then, like, STI kind of just chafed under their leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, like, by the end of it, like, Mark Cerny left the company. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> agreed we should never do this again. And yeah. It was a complete mess that resulted in a very beloved video game. So yeah. It worked yeah. out. Yeah, I guess somehow. Mm-hmm. So after that, Sonic 3 and Knuckles were developed as like a collaboration between STI and the now reformed Sonic team because Yuji Naka goes back to Japan, reform Sonic team. They just continue on doing their thing. Uh, Sonic team would do the majority of development on these games. And with the release of the Sacred Saturn, though, there was a need for a new Sonic game. Mm-hmm. For this task, Sega tapped STI, who proceeded to start development on Sonic Extreme. God. Alex, you familiar with Sonic Stream? I sure am. Mm-hmm. Oh, My God. boy. Sonic Extreme is a lost video game. Yep. And it's it is a, it's a fascinating, fascinating game that, once again, we can't get too much into details of what goes on with it. Right. Just for sake of brevity, but I do want to talk a little bit about it. So Sonic Extreme was a 3D platformer that started its life on the Sega 32X. That ill-fated cut out from its knee system Mm -hmm. right the second it came out. Right. So once it became clear that the Sega 32X was going to be an ongoing concern, which was roughly about two hours after it came out, (laughs) development was shifted to the Sega Saturn in mid-1995. So here's the problem. The Sega Saturn wasn't made to really make 3D games. Right. For reasons that we just can't get into here. Right. The second is Sega of Japan wanted this game out by holiday of 1996. So the team had to redo development on a system that was notoriously difficult to program 3D games on. Right. Which shockingly is best known for some of its 3D games. Like Mm -hmm. I can name off the top of my head only about four Saturn games and they're all 3D. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of later games that would be developed for the system that would eventually get into the Dreamcast, like Shenmue, mm-hmm. like the, the demos for that that were made for the Saturn are actually legitimately impressive. Yeah. Like it could do it. You just. It was just really hard. It, very difficult. But it was a dual processor system, but both yeah. processors didn't work in tandem with each other unless you wrote <laughs> specific code for it. It's stupid. God. But like the, the fact that people ended up doing it anyway and were so determined to do it is just a testament to how badly Sega read the room on 3D. Mm -hmm. Like twice. First with the 32X and then with the Saturn. Yeah. 
yeah, it's just, it's, we're going to talk about the Sega Saturn one day. Yeah. I can assure you of that because, oh boy, the, the story around that is mind boggling, but it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And it's, it's sad the way the system ended up because it yeah. is actually pretty cool. Yeah. So the project was not going to meet its deadlines. It was like, there's no possible way they were going to get this game out by holiday 1996. But the right. team got a lifeline, Alex. Mm-hmm. You see, Sonic Team over in Japan was making an impressive 3D game called Nights into Dreams. Ah, uh, yes. And their 3D engine was impressive. So Chris Coffin, who was one of the designers working on the game, he mm-hmm. asked for the code from Sega of America's uh, head, uh, Bernie Stolar. And he went, got the code, got the tools, brought it back, and they started to get to work on that. Mm-hmm. They started converting the game over to this. Here's the problem. Remember how I said there's like a bit of a rivalry between these two teams? Yep. Yuji Naka kind of found out about this and flipped his shit. <laughs> yep, a little bit. So Yuji Naka, who we are going to one day do a podcast episode on this guy. He yeah. may be one. He may actually secretly be the messiest person in the video game industry. It's entirely possible. He might have killed more good games than he's ever made. He might have. He was not pleased by this. He's not pleased that somebody might be using his code, much less STI. Right. So he laid down an ultimatum to Sega of Japan. They need to get all that code back, mm-hmm. or else he walks. And given he was working on both Knights and Burning Rangers at this time, and was just a very influential producer at Sega, right. they were just like, okay, yeah, we're going to take those away. Right. This cost STI weeks of work, and ultimately was one of, not the only, but one of the reasons this game was scrapped. Right. And STI would fold shortly afterwards. They would just get rid of that development house. Right. And, you like, know, you you have to think about, okay, Sega released Sonic 3D Blast. Mm-hmm. And that game was terrible. Mm-hmm. So for Sonic Extreme, the Sonic launch game of a new console to be canceled, that had to be really, just really rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and... There are definitely reasons why it was rough, and these include yeah. other engine changes that happened literally late stage development. Right, that was mandated by Sega of Japan. Right, it uh, includes reasons that will become patterns through the lifetime of the Sonic franchise. Yes, actually, it will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just say this is not going to be the first game that's going to have a very troubled development. That, uh, well, in this case. This was killed. Right. The others that we're going to talk about were still pushed out the door. Yeah, for reasons that continue to baffle the mind. Mm-hmm. So now the reason why I'm telling this story is because this ultimately led to there being no flagship Sonic game for the Sega Saturn, which is insane. Yes. Now, there was an outsourced port of a Genesis game, uh, Sonic 3D Blast, mm-hmm. a racing game, and a compilation of Genesis games that uh, you're going you're gonna to love this. A contained a 3D Sonic section using the Knights engine developed uh-huh. by Sonic Team. Yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah, boy. And uh, as I recall, it was good enough that it got everyone really excited for a 3D Sonic game. It did. It did. Uh, got them excited enough that Sega decided to task Sonic Team to uh, develop a new Sonic game. Starting in 1997 with the further release of uh, onto the Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. Now... The problem is, is that by 1997, the Saturn was dying a fast death in North America and Europe. And mm-hmm. while it's, it was actually going to still be supported through the year 2000 in Japan, it, Saturn actually did really well in Japan. Mm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, it, it was kind of surprising. Yeah. 
they still looked at this and went, okay, no, we need to shift this over to our new system that we're developing that's going to save the company, the Sacred Dreamcast. Right. So development was switched over there, and this new game was going to be called Sonic Adventure. So we've already talked about our history of Sonic Adventure, a game I absolutely love. Um, mm-hmm. Hasn't aged well. Yes. But still very, very ambitious. And once development was shifted to the Dreamcast, one thing became very apparent when the team started to work on the 3D uh, prototype for this, the one that sort of ultimately ended up in Sonic Jam in a way. Mm-hmm. Sonic's design needed to radically change. Now, the reason being had to do with Sonic's design in the first place. Uh, Sonic is actually a very squat character, very, very big head. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that's probably his most exaggerated feature. Right. And the team realized that if they put the camera behind them, they really couldn't see around him very well. Mm. And since they wanted this game to move at high speeds and they wanted to give you that really good sense of speed, the camera right. needed to be kind of low to the ground and to the back. So because of that, it became apparent Sonic's design needed to radically change. So you, uh, Yuji uh, Yuikawa was tasked with redesigning the characters to look older, taller, and had like more like spaghetti like limbs. It's kind of hard to describe, but basically it's a very it's a very curvy, very um early 2000s modern sort of look. Very very clean lines, very clean colors, very solid colors. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was made to look purposely more western looking as well. Right. These designs are awesome. They're a very good fusion in my mind yes. of Japanese anime sensibilities and like kind of like almost like western graffiti art in some ways. Yeah. No, it might be Western bias talking, but I absolutely love modern Sonic designs. I think I do universally like even the terrible characters look cool. They do, and it honestly it's telling that modern Sonic has now been around longer than classic Sonic. They are still yep. using those designs to this day. So that's that basically tells you everything you need to know about much, how yeah. good these designs were. And admittedly, part of me ultimately does like the um, the original Japanese um, Sonic design. Mm-hmm. Probably the best as far as like its animated look. But hey, I, I can't help but love how modern Sonic looks too. Yeah. So yeah, this game was thrown together and it was released in time for a launch on the Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn, my apologies, mm-hmm. on the Sega Dreamcast. And it was released to rave reviews at the time and was yep. considered a return to form for Sonic in general. Yep. The new character designs, combined with the expansive and darker story, proved to be popular fans, and it would set the tone for Sonic for at least the next eight years. And Alex, I think now it's time that we finally talk about the plot of Sonic Adventure. I'm so excited. Ah, yes. <laughs> so, Sonic Adventure is kind of a tricky thing to like actually summarize, because you play six different characters in this game. Right. But only two of them matter. Yeah. And that's Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I do want to, before we like really jump into this, I guess it is important that we get everybody up to the speed with the story of Sonic, because technically mm-hmm. it does reference the previous games. But this will be very quick. Okay. So Sonic, the fast blue hedgehog who lives on an island that constantly has the various animals on it kidnapped by one Dr. Ivor Robotnik, also known as Dr. Eggman, basically is just kind of like running around doing his thing when... Eggman shows up, steals all the emeralds, and he has to go and beat him up at his factories and carnivals and all this other stuff that he just sets up just because he has a lot of time on his hands. He has a like just a massive ego complex and possibly a gambling addiction. He does, yes. Definitely a gambling addiction. He makes now, so many casino factories. He does. 
And Eggman wants to use these casino factories to eventually take over the world. But he keeps getting thwarted by Sonic, his fox friend Tails, and others. Eventually, Eggman learns about these seven magical gems called the Chaos Emeralds, and the even more powerful Master Emerald, located on a floating island called Angel Island. After tricking his guardian, one of the last known echidnas named Knuckles, who doesn't chuckle, Eggman steals the Master Emerald to power his Death Star-like space station called the Death Egg, only to be stopped by Sonic, who uses the power of the seven Chaos Emeralds to turn into Supersonic, basically a golden figure with his spine standing up, he basically looks like a Super Saiyan from Dragon Ball Z. Yep. And uses that to destroy the Death Egg once and for all. And that's all you need to know about the previous games. So, these games really don't have a whole lot of story to them, which is why Sonic Adventure is very exciting, because the first cutscene you see in Sonic Adventure sets the tone right away. Yeah. You see a city and its inhabitants leveled by a giant wave, a water monster slash dragon form out the side of a building, Sonic running very fast, and, like, tails, like, very, like, angrily or, like, sternly, like, flying away from exploding water, essentially. <laughs> yep. And all this is happening while the best slash worst butt rock song oh, ever made for a so video good. game starts playing. Oh, it's so good. It's so hype. It is. All these games will have a, just the worst rock song composed for it by a in-house band called Crush 40. Oh. And they're all so good. They're oh, so my God. Good. Oh, Open Your Heart is the best introduction to modern Sonic they could have possibly created ever. It really is. It really is. And yeah, it immediately sets a tone. You're like, okay, no, this is really serious. Yep. And throughout these uh, cutscenes, you also get introduced to our six playable characters. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yay. Tails the Fox. Yay. Knuckles the Echidna. Yeah. Amy Rose, who is a hedgehog from Sonic CD, who really wants to date Sonic. Yeah, her personality is she's a girl and she's in love. Mm-hmm. And she's very precocious and optimistic. E-102 Gamma, the egg robot. Yeah. And Big the fucking cat. <sighs> Alex, you want to uh -huh. hear some good Big the cat facts? I do not, but please go ahead. Oh, no, you're going to want to hear this one. Do okay. you know who voices Big the cat? Who's that? Duke Nukem himself, John oh. St. John. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So these stories take place in three separate areas. Uh, Station Square, which is a human city that's much like New York. Mystic Ruins, which is a mystic ruin that is very South American themed, mostly right. like Mayan and Incan. Mm. And finally, Dr. Eggman's Flying Fortress, the Egg Carrier. Each story plays out more or less separately from each other, tying into one another at certain points. And once again, the only two that really matter are Sonic and Knuckles. Right. Uh, that being said, here's just a short summary of what each character is up to. So, like, when Tails is not hanging out with Sonic, he's just kind of depressed that Sonic is always rescuing him and wishes to be a hero. And then he gets that opportunity when Eggman attacks Station Square and Tails defeats him, proving his worth and getting over his insecurity. Yay! Yay! Amy Rose is living in Station Square when a small bird flies into her, and then she notices a giant robot is chasing it and makes it her life's goal to protect this bird at any cost. <laughs> Eventually, she blows up said robot. Hooray! Hooray! Gamma is a robot built by Dr. Eggman who gains sentience and rebels against Eggman, eventually fighting and destroying his brothers before being destroyed himself, freeing the small animals that make up their core. Uh, once again... Eggman's way to power these robots is to steal small animals and just 
put him in robots. He just smashes him into robots. That's just yeah. what he does. It's it's unclear how it works, but it I guess that it does. It just does. And finally, Big the Cat, who has a frog friend named Froggy who goes missing. Uh, he basically goes fishing in various places to recapture him, and he exists because Sonic Team made a fishing mini game and had no idea how to tie it into the game. And the answer is they shouldn't have. <laughs> Everyone hates the fishing mini game, but like when I had first played Sonic Adventure, I loved it. It's so bad. When it's I recently, went, so yeah, bad. when I recently went back to it, I was like, this is actually the worst. Like if you try to get all the emblems in those missions, you're like, why? Why would anybody do? That? Who hundred percent this game? Who could play this? So that just leaves Sonic and Knuckles and our main story here. So our story begins with Sonic at Station Square, running and jumping among the buildings in the middle of the night and just having a blast. It's like, ah, yeah, this is happening. By the way, you're going to love my Sonic impression. That's going to change like 15 different times. It's pretty on point so far. Great. Glad I'm doing a good job with it. When all of a sudden he he sees like a bunch of like cop cars heading towards City Hall and he's like, all right, I guess we should check those out. So with nothing better to do, he follows along and sees a tense standoff between a bunch of heavily armed cops and a weird blue water monster. The water monster is really kind of doing nothing, which is enough for the cops (laughs) to just unload everything into it. However, being made of water, all their bullets fall harmlessly to the ground. The cops then freak out and run away, just in time for Sonic to show up and beat the monster up. It then turns into a puddle of water and escapes into the sewer while Sonic, incensed, yells, Hey, you big drip, where are you going? Now I'm just turning into the crazy taxi announcer. I mean... As, <laughs> as Chaos escapes, uh, well, we learned this thing is called Chaos, I guess, first off. We cut to the top of City Hall, where Dr. Eggman is just standing and watching everything, and he immediately gloats and yells to no one that the monster is Chaos, the god of destruction. Eggman's behavior in this game makes no sense and is insane. I love this depiction of Eggman because, yes, he just seems to do things very arbitrarily and just makes wild, grand assumptions, mostly about chaos. Yeah. In ways that are kind of amazing. So Sonic immediately forgets about the weird water monster and the next day hangs out at a pool, like at this hotel, when he sees Tails flying a plane. And he watches as he makes an uncontrolled crash onto the beach. <laughs> so he goes to check up on him and tells his like, hey, I'm fine. I was just testing out a new plane that's been fitted with a Chaos Emerald that he just found. Uh, Tails, not only is he Sonic's best friend, he's also kind of just a genius mechanic and just a scientific genius on the par of, with Eggman. Yeah, which is strange. It's kind of baffling, but hey, you know. It, it appears that the two most brilliant people in this universe are an insane man and a young fox. Yeah, like an at most 10-year-old fox. Yeah. <laughs> so Tails is like, hey, man, you got to come to my cool workshop in the middle of this jungle and check out my project. And we also learned at this time that Angel Island, the home of Knuckles and the Master Emerald, has just suddenly fallen and landed nicely in the ocean next to Mystic Ruins. Very No clean. tsunami or anything. Yeah, yeah. Just it cleanly connects with um, the Mystic Ruins as well. Like, yeah, there's like a bridge and everything. Yeah, it works out really well. So once they arrive, they're immediately confronted by Dr. Eggman, who knows that Tails has a Chaos Emerald and demands that he gives it to him. So they both immediately like attack Eggman, who's flying this ship called the Egg Hornet. Right. And as we all know, 
Reinforced metal plating is no match for a hedgehog who presumably is so blue because he's been consuming nothing but colonial silver his entire life that he's just mm. so tough he can break through it. Yep, just smash up against it. Mm-hmm. Rubs his face against it, blows apart. So I do want to take this opportunity to voice a legitimate grievance I have with what I'm going to call the characterization of Dr. Eggman Robotnik. We'll go with that name. Uh, in the modern Sonic universe, which is to say, this man is presumably, by some definition, a doctor. That is, Mm -hmm. a man who possesses a doctorate in science. Yeah. He has demonstrated his brilliance by creating killer robots, super weapon space stations, entire cities that operate autonomously, Mm-hmm. And has been one of the few people observed to actually harness the incredibly enormous and unknowable power of the Chaos Emeralds. Mm-hmm. Okay. This man is very smart. He is. He is very smart. Every fight with Eggman in these games boils down to avoid the attacks of his giant robot machine, and then wait for him to expose a weakness that you then strike. Mm -hmm. And then do that six times because he keeps doing it. (laughs) All the while he yells, Oh, I can't believe this. (laughs) Like, the first time he accidentally does it, I understand. Mm Mm-hmm. What is up with the other five times? <laughs> yeah, I'm not not really sure. I'm not really sure. Eggman doesn't... Listen, Eggman may have learned some things, but he doesn't learn things, you know? He doesn't learn from his mistakes, because according to him, he can't make mistakes. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> so if he just keeps doing the same thing, it's eventually going to work. It's every fight. It's <laughs> every fight with Eggman. Is just wait for him to expose his own weakness four to six times in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe with the next game, he'll learn not to do that. I'm not hopeful. I'm not hopeful either. So yeah, Eggman ends up getting defeated, and like he's basically just like lying on the ground in his capsule, but. He still ends up winning anyways, because it turns out he has a really long extendo arm yeah. that just steals the emerald from Tails anyways. He's which, like, ha! Which is consistent with history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tails is very easy to rob, as it turns out. Yes. After this, we learn his plan, because he summons chaos. And once again, by chaos, I mean the blue water creature that Sonic right. was fighting in the first place. Right. So Eggman gives chaos the emerald, and it turns into a bigger, buffer version of himself. Because it turns out he can absorb the power of the Chaos Emeralds. Eggman then gets super excited. And this is where we get into the part where he just kind of makes wild assumptions. Right. He yells about how the stone tablets are true. And now he then blurts out his plan that he's going to get all the Emeralds, give them to Chaos, who will then become super powerful. And as he says, he'll work for me. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. What? (laughs) Yeah. Help him achieve his goal of destroying Station Square and letting him build Robotnik Land on its ashes. Which, I don't think Robotnik has ever been mass homicidal before. No, never really has. But, okay, that's a plan, I guess. 
as we're going to learn over the next couple of games, he's going to go between being like, it's cool if all these people die, to being like, oh no, these people don't need to die. Right. <laughs> and it's going to happen usually within minutes of each other. Yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, Eggman just, he can't decide. He can't decide. So he leaves, and Sonic and Tails decide they need to find the emeralds before him. And so they do. Like, they find one in a tornado-filled valley and another from a casino. Although after they leave the casino, Eggman knocks them out with, like, sleeping gas and steals their two emeralds. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, whatever. We, we, there's still seven emeralds. We gotta, we just gotta get keep one from him. There, so there's go, a lot of two steps forward and two steps back in this game. There is, which is really a common thing with video games when you think about it. Yeah. You have to be able to defeat the bad guy, but then still lose. Right. But yeah, this game is lousy with it all throughout it. So... Undeterred, our heroes find another emerald on an icy peak in Mystic Ruins, which they retrieve after having some fun snowboarding adventures. Yeah. In a minigame that was really cool when I was 12, uh, much less when I was, uh, like, 25. Yeah. So, however, once they come upon down from the mountain, they are immediately confronted by Dr. Eggman, who has Knuckles with him. You see, Knuckles, who has a history of being tricked by Eggman, <laughs> has been convinced that Sonic is, once again, a bad guy who's trying to steal the emeralds as well as pieces of the Master Emerald as well. So what's good old Knuckles been up to? Well, as the guardian of the Master Emerald in Angel Island, he was, up until a few days ago, taking cool naps and being boring, when one day, (laughs) (laughs) the Master Emerald just shattered. He awoke to see Chaos standing next to it, and immediately assumed it was his fault. However, Chaos got away, and without the power of the Master Emerald, Angel Island just crashed into the sea. So Knuckles has been on a journey to find the shards of the Master Emerald so he could repair it and allow the island to float once more. During his travels, he ended up at Station Square, and upon his arrival, a orb of light descended and seemingly communicated with Knuckles, putting him into a daze and transporting him to what appeared to be the past, where he walks among like a mine city that's full of echidnas. Like, Knuckles is essentially like the last of his kind, or right. near last anyways. Right. And so, like, him being a city full of echidnas, he's like, whoa, this is kind of nuts. So he runs around, and he sees a female echidna, like this orange echidna, pleading with an older, elder-like echidna, who happens to be her father, not to go into the sacred grounds. But before he can get full context about this, he's transported back into the future. So, like, he's a little confused about all this, but before he can really come to grips with it, he sees Dr. Eggman in chaos, literally just strolling through the hotel and getting into, like, an elevator. Right. And they have... He's like what looks like a piece of the Master Emerald with him. So Knuckles goes after him, and he's like, Eggman, do you have like a piece of the Master Emerald? He's like, no, but I'm glad you're here. Chaos, attack him. Right. (laughs) So Chaos fights Knuckles, and Knuckles just like bodies him. And Eggman's like, huh, well, that's pretty impressive. Anyways, uh, I have a Chaos Emerald, so we're cool, right? He's like, and Knuckles is like, oh, yeah, that is a Chaos Emerald. I guess, uh, I guess I have no problem with you. Which is like, wait, he, you just, just attacked on his orders. Yes, you were. Right. You, you do have a problem with him, right? You should. So yeah, but Knuckles is an easygoing guy, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's unclear. He seems bad at his job. He's extremely bad at his job. And he's also unable to learn any lessons because, like, after he's like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, that's just an emerald. Eggman's like, yeah, but I've heard, uh, heard that Sonic guy's getting the uh, pieces of the Master Emerald. You should probably go find out what's up with that. 
And Knuckles is like, man, I wonder what Eggman means by that. I better go find Sonic. And by so, find, I mean attack. Pretty much, because when Knuckles sees Sonic, he sees him holding a green emerald and just flips out. He immediately fights Sonic and gets bodied. Yeah. Now, but like not before he knocks the emerald out of Sonic's hands and allows Dr. Eggman to grab it, giving it to Chaos, along with the other emeralds that he's gathered. So now Chaos has four emeralds in him. And he transforms into a weird water shark monster? Yeah. So Chaos is set upon Sonic and Knuckles, and he's still just not quite a match for them. So he's defeated by him, and Eggman's like, eh, whatever, we're just going to find the rest of the emeralds. I'm going to make him super powerful. Now I'm going to get onto my giant flying carrier, aptly named the Egg Carrier, and just fly away. Right. By the way, uh, this is the first game, like in Japan... Dr. Eggman's always known as Dr. Eggman. In the United States, he was known as Dr. Robotnik. Right. This game does the cool thing where they combine both those names. His, mm-hmm. his official name is Dr. Robotnik, but his nickname is derisively Dr. Eggman because he's kind of a fat guy. Right. And Sonic calls him that as an insult. Mm-hmm. Which is why Dr. Eggman names decide to own it and names everything he makes Egg, egg something. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Actually, I like the power move by him, honestly. Yeah, Good no, on him. It, yeah. So yeah, he immediately flies away in the 8-carrier, and Sonic and Tails take off in their own biplane to, like, try to shoot him down, but it's a biplane, and it's right. a giant carrier. So they get shot down, and they end up separated. Sonic lands in Station Square at this time. That so biplane is... does shoot a lot of missiles, though. Because, oh, yeah. Because Panzer Dragoon and Afterburner are cool games. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty cool sections, I have to admit. So Sonic goes off in search of Tails, but instead runs into Amy Rose, who's immediately like, hey, Sonic, I got this bird. He's my friend. Therefore, he's your friend. You need to protect him. Right. And he's like, I, what? Well, hold on. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, look, a bird. And Sonic is like not really interested in this until he sees a big dumb robot show up and try to like attack Amy and get the bird. Right. And Sonic tells Amy, he's like, hey, stand behind me as he gets ready to fight this robot. Right. But then he just hears her scream. And he's like, hey, whoa, what's wrong? And Amy realizes she's standing in front of the famous amusement park known as Twinkle Park. And cute couples could get in for free. Oh, my God. So she runs into the park. The robot follows her. And Sonic very annoyingly follows the robot. However, he's a bit too late. And the robot manages to kidnap Amy and her bird friend. And they are immediately whisked away to the A carrier. So Sonic tries to pursue them, but he obviously can't fly, which is a bit of a problem. Right. But thankfully, Tails shows up with a new transforming plane called Tornado 2, powered by a Chaos Emerald, and they take off after the 8 carrier, damaging his propulsion and allowing him to get on the ship. So, they make their way through the carrier and catch up to Amy, and we find out that her bird friend was holding onto a Chaos Emerald this entire time, or at mm. least was now. Right. This combined with another Emerald that Eggman got in an incredibly stupid way that involves a frog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big the cat's really big. The cat's only contribution to the story is that his frog friend Froggy ate an emerald and also ate part of chaos and basically stole its tail. Right. <laughs> and so Froggy had to be kidnapped in order to complete chaos. <laughs> it's really stupid. Um. So yeah. So all these cutscenes have big the cat just awkwardly standing around, but yeah, he's there too. And so Sonic and friends like fight their way through the egg carrier and they reach Chaos and Eggman, who now has transformed Chaos into a like a blobby mess with tech like tentacles and whatnot. Yeah, Chaos Six is weird. 
He's very weird. And at this point, he's, like, powerful enough that he has to be, like, frozen beforehand before he can even be damaged. Right. And it's, like, a very fierce battle that even damaged the air carrier, like, to the point that the carrier starts to crash into the ocean. So Sonic and friends end up, like, getting away and end up getting separated because they all literally just jump off. Right. And so Sonic lands somewhere in the Mystic Ruins near a giant Mayan slash Aztec temple. And he sees, like, the same ball of light that, like, Day's Knuckles fly into the temple. So Sonic decides it'd be a pretty good idea to follow it, and he does. Inside the temple, he comes across a mural depicting a fully powered-up chaos destroying a civilization full of echidnas. He's then taken back to the past, where he sees the Altar of the Emeralds, which is where the Master Emerald sits, surrounded by the Chaos Emeralds. Mm-hmm. And it's on fire. Echidnas and this creature called the Chow, which we haven't really talked about. They're basically little cute little like raindrop-looking creatures. Right. They're very, very cute. and Super cute. Um, yeah, they're all dead. Yep. Right in this cutscene. <laughs> and the same female echidna from before. She asks why this all have to happen and that she must stop it now. And she walks towards the Master Emerald before Sonic is whisked back to the present. So Sonic is, needless to say, very confused about what happened. But he decides not to think about it too much. As especially Sonic does. As Sonic does. Especially because soon after this, he spots Eggman flying off to uh, somewhere in the Mystic Ruins. So Sonic's like, I'm going to get him good this time. Right. So it turns out Eggman has a secret base in the ruins, which Sonic sneaks into, like, blows it all up, confronts Eggman, and destroys his ultimate machine, the Egg Viper. Ugh, freaking Egg Viper. Yeah, ugh, that's a rough fight. Yep. So he defeats him, destroys his base, and while he sees Eggman get away, he also meets back with Tails. And satisfied with foiling his plans, runs out to another adventure. Knuckles gathers all these Master Emerald Shards and repairs it. And Angel Island floats again. And it seems like everything is back to normal. Hooray. Or so you would think. Because shortly after this, we see Eggman is pouting about his plans being foiled. When Chaos just shows up and attacks him, knocking him <laughs> out. <laughs> he then finds Knuckles and does the same. And I guess drags Eggman with him because they're both going to be in the same place. Right. And this causes Angel Island to fall in the process. So Again. Yeah, like Tails tells Sonic about this. And he's like, man, what's Knuckles even doing? <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to Angel Island and finds Knuckles and Eggman, who reveals this was Chaos is doing. He's stolen six of the emeralds and is on hunt for the last one. The last one is still on the Tornado 2, which just crashed somewhere in the, in the Mystic Ruins. Right. And like Eggman's like, oh, he'll pay for this. I'm gonna go into my new egg carrier and blow him up. He was supposed to work for me. Yeah. So he runs off to go do his thing. While Sonic and Tails run off to find the tornado tool. So they do arrive and find it, but they see it just in time for Chaos to take the final emerald and escape. Mm. Tails then asks, well, now what are we gonna do? To which Sonic has no answer. Chaos, however, soon gives us an answer. In a normal everyday scene in sunny Station Square, people in cars and kids are walking around when all of a sudden giant plumes of water burst out of the sewers. Then literally every office building like has water explode out of it, <laughs> and a giant wave hits the city. <laughs> There's so much water all of a sudden. There's so much water. And like another building explodes all at once, and a pulsating blob of water forms out of it. A water dragon that immediately screams. It's perfect chaos. Here now to wreck everything. <laughs> perfect chaos is so cool. <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> so 
So Sonic and the crew show up and are all like, well, this sucks. There's a lot of dead people now. <laughs> Sonic is just about to, like, I don't know, jump into it when, like, the ball of light from before lands in front of him and reveals himself, or well, reveals itself, I should say, to be the woman from the vision Sonic and Knuckles had. She reveals herself to be Takal, a priestess and daughter of the chieftain in charge of guarding the Master Emerald. It turns out that Chaos used to be a good guy. He loved to play with the Chow and was a protector of the people. However, one day, the Echidnas got greedy and attacked the altar to get power or something. They answered to call and the Chow and this angered Chaos, who absorbed the emeralds and destroyed the Echidna civilization. To call then sealed herself and the Ka- and Chaos into the Master Emerald, where they remained until Eggman decided one day it'd be a good idea to break over the Master Emerald after finding some stone tablets that depicted its awesome power. Right. So Takal is like, man, shit, this is bad. We gotta seal him up, I guess. She also tells Sonic he's absorbed the power of the Chaos Emeralds, which have now fallen to the ground colorless. Mm-hmm. Sonic is like, this is a terrible plan. He points out this won't quell Chaos's anger, but Takal couches is like, what choice do we have? <laughs> but Sonic's friends have a different option. They gather, gather the lifeless Emeralds and give them to Sonic. Tails then tells Sonic he can use them as Chaos absorb the negative energy of the emeralds, but Sonic can use the positive energy to transform the supersonic. This seems like bullshit. Yeah, but... yeah, it's, it hasn't really come up before. But it turns out he's right, and <laughs> while the citizens of Station Square are cheering him on, who you don't see off-screen, so I'm guessing it's their ghosts, Sonic transforms into supersonic and takes off after chaos. A really awesome fight happens! Oh, so good. It is so good! It's well, so cool! Yeah, while Open Your Heart plays and you're like, you're like running into like chaos and like he like, like Supersonic will like, mm-hmm. like corkscrew up it and like slam out of its head and like, oh, it's so cool. Oh, that's rad. Sonic manages to defeat Chaos, who reverts back to his base form. He then sees living non batter Chow, who are just like being like, uh, Chow, ah, oh, we're happy, we're living. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, cool. I guess I'm a good guy now again. Call thanks Sonic, and together with Chaos, they go to uh, heaven or something? They just kind of ascend yeah, to the they, sky. Yeah, they just, they go. Sonic's friends all congratulate each other, and they turn to Sonic to ask what he's going to do now. But they see he's already run off to a new adventure. And that's Sonic Adventure. Yeah. Yeah, good story. I actually like the story of Sonic Adventure a lot. I like, do too, there's, actually. There's, like, it's obviously there's some, like, video game contrivances here right. and there, but, It's complete you know. cartoon nonsense, but... Absolutely, it's and fun. for for like the year 1999, they have somebody had somewhat decent voice acting and a cohesive uh, story. It's like it's somewhat decent, somewhat, somewhat decent. Some, yeah, okay. The, the voice acting was fine. Um, for clearly not having a voice director mm-hmm. or a proper recording studio. Oh yeah, no. Some of the voice samples are, are in it are terrible. Like the Sonic and Knuckles fight, where every time you hit yeah. Knuckles, he goes, "Oh no, oh no." Which, admittedly, I'm glad the internet has taken that and made it into meme fodder. But... Yes, it, it deserved it very much. But, like, when you compare that to, like, Resident Evil or, like... Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it it was a step up. It felt like a step up. Yeah. So after that, of course, they need to do a follow-up to this that was going to be released for the Dreamcast. And, Alex, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's better than one Sonic? Two Sonics. That's right, two Sonics. But, 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 
Can the second Sonic be dark and brooding? <laughs> oh, you better believe it. Yeah. We watched this really cool anime series called Dragon Ball Z. We really like this character called Vegeta. He's an evil guy, but he becomes good. What if we did that for our what Sonic if, What game? if we did that? He's cool because he's angry, but also sad. Mm-hmm. He's sad because of, of a lady. Ah, uh, yes. We're kind of, sp- kind of getting ahead of ourselves, right. but... <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2 is going to introduce everyone's favorite character, Shadow the Hedgehog. So let's talk about the plot of Sonic Adventure 2, because... Let's, ooh, let's boy. do that. Oh, boy. Let's, just, let's jump right on into this game. Because... <laughs> First off, this game is a lot more linear. Mm -hmm. Actually, I will say one thing. Mm. Sonic Adventure is very Sonic-focused. Like, the majority of the game, you play as Sonic. Right. Like, Big the Cat only has three missions, which... Yeah. Thank God. Merciful. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This game, they actually did have six playable characters again, but they actually split the time that you play as each character relatively evenly into, like, um, six. Right. Like, so, like, you play as Sonic more or less the same amount as you play as Tails. Right. And it's not the... It's not a great decision. No, no, it's unfortunate. So the good news, though, is it means that you get to see these characters doing a lot of different things. So from a narrative perspective, there's some good things about it. Mm. So Sonic Adventure 2 starts with a military helicopter flying over an unnamed San Francisco-like city. And the pilots talk about how they captured the target when all of a sudden an unseen scuffle breaks out. It ends with Sonic bursting out of the helicopter, his legs strapped to the to a wing and falling in a very controlled manner down to the city. <laughs> While he says, sorry to jet, but I'm in a hurry. Oh, God. So he proceeds to, like, fly down to the city, and he, like, he just, like, starts skating through the streets, basically snowboarding. Yep. Uh, like, his way through it while being pursued by the government's special forces unit called GUN. <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh, this game Gun is... is my favorite. This game is goes so much darker and edgier, but it goes in in a way that a twelve year old would think was like darker and edgier. And I, yeah. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it's it. It's so good. It's the right decision. It is such the right decision. Alex, do you know what gun stands for? By the way, I don't. I can't remember if I ever knew. It's such a stump. It's a dumb acronym. It's Guardian Unit of Nations. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I don't think. Until like Sonic 2006, I don't think anybody ever says "gun." <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just logos of, of it are plastered everywhere. But yeah, "gun" is a military unit that consists of a bunch of humanoid robots, giant mechs, and the angriest eighteen-wheeled truck that <laughs> you've ever seen. Pretty intent on murdering Sonic. It's like a three-story truck. It is. I one thing I love about Sonic Generations, the love letter to Sonic, is how mm. they took that 18 wheeler and just went all out with it. They're yeah. like, yeah, no, this 18 wheeler really does have it out for Sonic. Yep, <laughs> it's it's gonna be around. It is. So like they are pursuing Sonic through the city while, uh, I think Escape for the City is playing, yeah. which is a really, really bad Scott song. I love it. Really bad. It's so great. It's so great. There are multiple songs with lyrics in this, yep. and that's somehow not the best one. <laughs> so he evades all this and like defeats a giant flying gun mech, which once he destroys it, he like looks back to see somebody talking, and on top of it, he sees a black hedgehog holding a chaos emerald. And he like he just like talks about it, it's like it all comes down to this the source of ultimate power, the chaos emerald. And, like, he's just saying it to, like, nobody in particular. Right. He's anime monologuing. He is. 
And so this is our introduction to Shadow the Hedgehog, the Vegeta to Sonic's Goku. Yep. A mysterious black hedgehog with red accents, red eyes, and a very goth kid-like loner attitude. Mm -hmm. He calls himself the ultimate life form. It seeks to get revenge on humanity for reasons we'll see later. So it turns out Gun mistook Sonic for him, which Sonic figures out. He's like, ah, I see. So they're actually after you. So how about you come down and give me that Chaos Emerald? Say something, you faker. <laughs> they keep calling each other fake hedgehogs, which right. implies that like somehow Sonic is the only hedgehog that's ever been known. Yeah. Which is like, Amy Rose is like, I guess over there, just like raising her hands up like, what about me? Well, also the fact that, like, anyone mistook Shadow for Sonic implies there aren't, like, a lot of hedgehogs. Mm-hmm. Like, right? they just saw a vaguely Sonic-shaped person and were like, that must be Sonic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Yeah, it's... It's the problem when you have, like, talking animal characters, but you want to make them all distinct. Right. Because <laughs> then it's like, well, there's no other examples of these characters. Right. <laughs> yeah... But yeah, so they end up, uh, they're about to get into a big old fight, but Shadow shows off his special powers. It turns out he could use the power to um, warp anywhere he wants using a Chaos Emerald called Chaos Control, which Sonic is quite surprised by this. He's like, wow, that's kind of weird. But he's even more surprised when the entire gun military just sneaks <laughs> up on him and takes him prisoner. <laughs> yeah, he's just sort of suddenly surrounded. Yeah, he's like, oh, man. So... This is when we cut away from Sonic for a bit, because it's, uh, you know, we, we it would be cool to see how Sonic would get out of this mess, but wouldn't it be cool to see what Knuckles is up to? I don't know. Would it be cool? No. He's useless in this game, but we're going to see <laughs> what he's doing anyways. So, once again, this game gives ample screen time to all six playable characters, but it does result in some awkward cuts, such as, yeah, Sonic gets transported to Prison Island. Right. And then it's like, well, what's going to happen with them? Oh, okay, I guess Knuckles is here, I guess. Yeah. Because now we're in a desert, and we see that Knuckles is arguing with the other new character in this game, a voluptuous bat named Rouge the Bat. <laughs> Rouge is a world-traveling gem thief who happens to set her sights on the Master Emerald. She has all the same abilities as Knuckles, such as the ability to glide and dig, and presumably also eats a lot of ants, just like in Echidna. Sure. She also has a definite, like, femme fatale vibe, and is a very calm, collected, and witty personality, as long as you don't get in the way for gems. You get away for gems, she gets like very, very angry, as we'll soon see. Yep. Because she wants to steal the Master Emerald, and Knuckles isn't having it. And while they argue, Dr. Eggman shows up and is like, Well, I guess I'll steal it then. Right. Also, was she already in the process of stealing it? Because, like, they're in Egypt now? Yeah, I think she, like, managed to get it, and then, like, Knuckles just, like, tracked her down or something like that. Right. So, does that mean Angel Island fell towards the Mystic Ruins again? Probably did, yeah. Okay. Probably. So, like, Eggman, like, manages to steal the Master Emerald and starts flying away, but Knuckles is like, ha ha, you're not going to do that, and just breaks it apart. This freaks Rouge out, who, like, grabs Knuckles, like, shakes him, and is like, what are you doing? And Knuckles is like, eh, this happens all the time. I can just put it back together. <laughs> She's like, not if I get all the pieces first. And so their entire thing is they're just... Ru Rouge has a lot to do with the story. Knuckles has basically nothing. Right. But uh, he's basically gathering the Master Emerald during this entire time. Right. So, Also, but, I guess that means, like, maybe the Master Emerald isn't super important anymore? Qu yeah. Question mark? Because it's not housing chaos. No. It, there's, it is going to do something very important at the end of the game. 
Right. I'll say that. Right. But um, it, the Master Emerald's relevance is going to go from, eh, sort of important to this game to basically might as well not exist after this. Right. Did they even put Angel Island back in the sky, or was it only up there to, like, keep chaos contained from the rest of the world? I think it was supposed to be that, and also to keep the emeralds out of hands from, you know, the common folk. Right. Which, that got messed up very early on. Yeah, out. that's, like, never happened. <laughs> never happened. But, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's Knuckles' deal in yeah. this game. So what has Eggman been up to this entire time? What has well, he been up to? So it turns out, before he tried to steal the Master Emerald, uh, he broke into Prison Island to find a weapon hidden there that was created by his, uh, his grandfather, Gerald Robotnik, 50 years ago. Uh, Gerald Robotnik basically looks like Eggman, except old. Yeah. So, just in case you're wondering how he looked. So, instead, once he gets to the center of Prison Island, he finds Shadow who, after he destroys some gun robots, pledges his loyalty to his master, Eggman, which Eggman should probably know by now. Yeah. Do not trust any mystical-looking beings. They are he, probably not. You're actually going to follow your orders. He's an egomaniac. He assumes that everyone sees him as the greatest genius. Of course they're going to follow him. Of Why course. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Everyone loves, one loves Eggman. So yeah, after all this, Shadow tells him about the Space Colony Ark, where he was born and where Gerald Robotnik once lived. And he tells him, hey, get the emeralds, come to Ark. I gotta show you something. So after, this is after when, like, Eggman goes and fails to get the Master Emerald. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, whatever, at least I have one other emerald that I found. And he retreats back to his cool pyramid base in the middle of the desert. There, he uses a transporter to get the Space Station Ark, where he meets up with Shadow. There, Shadow lays it all down. The Ark was the first space colony ever created, which is cool. It was also used to secretly create weapons of mass destruction, which is bad. Yeah. One of those was a giant space laser that, with the power of the Chaos Emeralds, can destroy the entire world. Right. So he's like, hey, yeah, if you get all the emeralds here, you would have a, you have a really good trump card, huh? And I don't Eggman's know why like, you oh. build that. I don't know why either. Yeah, it seems a little overkill. They don't have other planets to live on. Turns out they don't, but Eggman's like, hey man, I've never I've never met an egotistically made super weapon that I didn't like. Right. So let's do this. Let's get all seven Chaos Emeralds, Shadow. But his excitement is cut off when Rouge just sort of announces her presence and descends from the ceiling. She's like, hey, I've been here this entire time. How's it going? Right. And she's like, hey, I need help tracking down the Master Emerald. You give me a radar that can track down the shards, and I will help you and Shadow get the rest of the emeralds. And he's like, all right, cool, sure. I'm down with that deal. And she's like, okay, cool. Three of them are on Prison Island. So we're all <laughs> going back to Prison Island. <laughs> By the way, it is literally called Prison Island. That's not Yeah, <laughs> it's also never been really uh, talked about or mentioned or existed before now, but apparently it's where all of the important shit is. Yeah. Exactly. They put all the important artifacts and all the most hardened criminals. Yeah. Such as Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so, speaking of Prison Island, we see Tails flying in to rescue Sonic. And also Amy has come along for some reason. Yeah. So, Tails has upgraded the Tornado 2 to now be able to transform into a mech. 
Yep. Which is convenient because Eggman also has a mech and they can get into cool gun battles, which they immediately do because Eggman is there. And right. so they get into a fight. And um, wasn't Amy already on Prison Island? Yeah, she had already snuck on previously. Which, how? She's a very resourceful hedgehog. Is she? Honestly, yeah, actually. <laughs> kind of, yeah, I guess. If we're being honest with ourselves, yeah, she's very, very resourceful. <laughs> Amy is maybe the most underutilized character in all of anything ever. She kind of is. Like, if you need her to sneak into something or onto something, whether it's floating time-traveling islands or prison bases, yeah. she can do it. She just finds a way. She, she'll she just be places. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tails manages to beat Eggman, who, like, runs off, and, like, he fights his way through the rest of Gun Forces and manages to break uh, Sonic out of prison, who immediately races through the island, jumps on an ICBM that just happens to be there, and uses it to escape to a jungle island where he runs <laughs> to good old Shadow, where we get the best possible, like, exchange uh... I could ever hear, where he's like, I found you, faker. And Shadow's like, you're the fake hedgehog around here. You're not even good enough to be my fake. And Sonic's like, I'll make you eat those words. Which he doesn't literally say that fast because they had to fit the voice line in. Yeah, we, we should mention that basically all of the timings for these cutscenes appear to be based on the Japanese uh, mm. dub. Which yep. means that... Uh, but there there was no... I guess what would be the equivalent of ADR, which is they didn't match the length of the English dub to the Japanese dub. Mm -hmm. So sound effects and voice samples just sort of play over each other. They do. And like you also see other like really weird uh, holdovers from like, you know, like how Japanese computers work, for instance. Like yeah. Other, like little j examples of like Japanese culture. Like when Rouge, there's like one scene where she's hacking into a computer. In fact, the password is Maria, but she only hits three keys and she's like, Ma, right. uh, because you know, right, the way Yokanji know, yeah, works is yeah. different. So, like, there's other like weird stuff like that. It's 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 kind of I I kind of miss those sort of things a in little a weird bit, way. yeah. Like it's better how it is now, but but yeah. So they end up having a big old dumb fight, Sonic and uh, Shadow do, and it ends when Sonic overhears Eggman tell Shadow to get out of there. We got the emeralds. Where it's time to blow up the islands, and Sonic's like, whoa, what? So they have to, like, race through the island, and they both manage to escape before the island literally blows up in a nuclear explosion. Right. Why did Eggman blow up the island? Oh, they cover his tracks. With a nuclear explosion. You can be bombastic and cover your tracks. Before this... he retreated to his <laughs> pyramid base in Egypt, surrounded by searchlights and killer robots. Yes. Yes, his air quotes secret base. <laughs> it's the most signposted evil secret base ever. My favorite part is that there's going to be an extended scene here where Sonic like and Tails are trying to figure out where's Eggman's secret base? Right. It's like, I don't know, maybe where all the searchlights and evil robots are. Maybe, maybe there. Maybe. <laughs> so, Team Hero and Team Dark escape, and Team Dark, Shadow, Rouge, and uh, Eggman Go back to Yark. But they only have six of the seven emeralds. Also, possibly worth mentioning just for the sake of it, uh, Shadow actually has to rescue Rouge, who got herself locked in, like, a vault or something. Oh, yeah, that does happen. It, it, that actually is good, because it does show that Shadow's like, okay, I'm not yeah. heartless. 
I guess I'll go like, back and do that. He could have left her to explode, but then he's like, I, I'll save you for don't for no reason. Don't yeah, read it, into it. Yeah, it was. You living is beneath me. Anyways, let's go. Yeah, so they only have six of the seven emeralds, but it's enough for Eggman to tip his hand. Broadcasting to every TV in the world, Dr. Eggman proclaims the Eggman Empire and gives the world 24 hours to surrender until mass destruction occurs. Also, during this entire time, like, behind him, like, the words, I am a genius and I am great are, like, it's scrolling so behind him. It's, it's so good. I love that so much. It's the most cartoonishly egomaniacal, insane person declaration ever. It is. Alex, how do you rate Eggman as a villain? I, I think he might be one of my favorite villains. He's possibly ever. one of my favorites. He's just so extra. He is. He's oh, he's so good. so about himself. Like, his logo is also blinking during that. And I think it's like, yeah, it's just, oh... <laughs> Yeah, he's a man who, he, he goes to 11 every possible time. Every it doesn't time. matter what it is. <laughs> so he wants to give example of what's going to happen, though, if if people do not surrender. So he activates something called the Eclipse Cannon, which, Ark, by the way, is basically just like a giant, like, a sphere of a space station. Mm-hmm. Half of it blows up to reveal a Eggman face, first off. Right. Which, to, to his credit, he didn't make that one. Yeah, that one that, is not his. That that's his grandpa, and his nose though on that is his can- is the cannon. It immediately shoots a laser that blows up half the moon, <laughs> which would be cataclysmic. But we'll move on. Yeah, completely should just ruin the Earth. Yeah, but somehow it's going to be okay, and also the moon will be completely fine. The, in also, later the games. moon will be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so he then laughs, and a countdown timer starts. So Sonic, Tails, and Amy sees this, and they realize they need to stop Ark and Eggman. And reason he must have all the Chaos Emeralds. Except Tails goes like, ah, not this one, and pulls out the yellow Chaos Emerald. Right. He's like, nope, got this one. Now Tails, once again, without any sort of logic behind this, reasons that the Emeralds are like magnets, and they can use them, the one that he has, to track down the remaining Emeralds and find Eggman's base in the process. It's never been a thing. Never been a never thing. Never been a thing. <laughs> well, good news. This fails anyways. Like, mm. literally, like, after a couple missions, like, Tails is like, man, I can't find Eggman's base. It's <laughs> like, well, good job, I guess. Yeah. However, they decide on an even better plan. Sonic and Tails hijack the president's limo <laughs> <laughs> while he's negotiating with Eggman. Like, they literally jump in there, like, the president's the president of the world, essentially. It's like, right. what the heck are you doing? He's like, and, like, Tails like, don't worry, Mr. President, we got this. And, like, they tap into the feed, and they discover that Eggman is on the Ark. And his base is in Egypt. So to go there, they fight a ghost for some reason, right. and hijack a shuttle and take off, after, like, to the Ark. Wait, yeah, if the communication signal was coming from the Ark, how did they find the Egypt base? Hey, you know, they did. Okay. There probably is an explanation, but I have since forgotten it. Right. So, they take off for the Ark, and, like, they manage to land on it. Uh, Knuckles comes along with them, by the way. Uh, right. And he gets into some really dumb hijinks where he accidentally takes control of the um, of the ship, and it causes, like, pieces of the Master Emerald that are with him to spread out over right. the cosmos. But he, res- he, like, ends up getting them all within, like, five seconds later, so it's fine. Right. But, yeah, Sonic, Tails, and Amy make their way 
onto the Ark, and they get to the control room. Uh, Amy, by the way, gets like kidnapped by Eggman during this time and you held know, at gunpoint. Yeah, as she does. As she does. And so Eggman decides that he's going to have Sonic hand over the final emerald. Oh, yeah. Like, he just has like a Glock and points it at her and is like, give me the emerald now. <laughs> to be fair, it's to be fair, it's like a Glock attached to a robot arm. True, like, yeah. Because it, it has to be attached to a robot arm. <laughs> it's not murder if I make my robot do it. It's just a gun on an arm. It's not even like a robot can. It's just a gun. It's just a gun. It's so good. It's so good. So Tails has a trick up his sleeve, though. He's like, "Hey, I made a fake emerald with a similar la- wavelength to trick him. Right. We'll just give him that, and we'll just like overload the cannon, and everything's good." So Sonic's like, "All right, here you go. Here's the emerald." Walks into the center of the room. He immediately gets trapped in like a capsule that's primed to be fired to the space, and then it will explode once it gets to space. <laughs> <laughs> and Eggman then laughs and tells him, "Did you really think you could give me a fake?" Which Tails says, hey, how'd you know? Right. And Eggman responds, because you just told me. Uh, Tails like, oh, damn. Damn. Got me. Yep. So Sonic's like, hey, man, Amy, take care of yourselves. And Tails, you're, you're, you'll be fine, I guess. And Eggman fires the capsule in the space and it explodes, killing Sonic. I can't believe Sonic's fucking dead. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Our national nightmare is over. Oh, if only. <laughs> so Eggman then takes the last emeralds from Tails to Lee and Lee's like complete his plan. Which really, when you have a giant space laser capable of blowing up half the moon, do you really need all seven emeralds at that point? I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I guess. If I can't kill everyone at once, it's not leverage. So Sonic is dead, except he isn't, of course. Right. So as the capsule was flying to space, Sonic looked down the emerald and was like, oh, yeah, some more wavelength to an emerald. I wonder if I could do that chaos control thing Shadow did. And despite never doing it before and having a fake emerald, uh, he does. Yeah. Yeah. So he somehow survives and he's like, oh, well, I guess I better go to that cannon and just destroy it by doing a Sonic thing. So Shadow discovers this and he's about to go and stop Sonic, but he ends up running to Rouge first. Who's trying to steal the other six emeralds? Mm. However, it's not because she's a gem thief, but rather because she's a government agent working for Gun. Oh my God! Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Of course, yeah. Gun would hire a bat. Yeah, of course they would, and that's how she knew like where all the emeralds were right. and everything. Like this was basically a sting operation, essentially. Right. That resulted in half the moon being blown up, so I guess good job, Rouge. Also, Prison Island being nuked. I, you know, that might have, the government might have wanted that. You I, never I, know. I guess I'm unclear. <laughs> I am too. So, like, Shadow's about to go ham on her, but she's like, hey, uh, maybe you should take a look at this report on the ultimate life orb that you keep saying that you are. Right. And it, she knows that Project Shadow wasn't him, but it's it's rather about a giant lizard called Bio-Lizard. And she's like, huh, kind of wonder who you actually are. Bounce and chew on that for a little bit while I uh, literally leave. <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't take the emeralds, but she does escape. Yeah. So I think it's time we talk about Shadow and why he hates humanity. Yeah, let's do that. Why could it be? So he was created by Gerald Robotnik 50 years ago, and he lived on the Ark space station. And while he was there, though, he befriended Gerald's granddaughter, Maria. 
a terminally ill little girl. Like, just this, the saddest girl you could ever meet. Mm-hmm. She lived on the space station because she had to be constantly in the hospital. So she had to live in space. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't leave long enough to go to, say, another hospital on Earth. She had to be in space. <laughs> right. Sure. So one day, however, the government came for Gerald's research. He was, he was doing research on the ultimate life form. Right. And they were like, hey, we want your research. And also, we need to destroy all your research and confiscate it and also arrest you. Right. And in the process, they just sort of gunned down a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. For, yeah, that happened. Yeah, for no real reason. And this left Shadow with a hatred of all humanity. Now, before he could come to terms with him maybe not being the ultimate life form, he goes to confront Sonic one last time. Now, while all this is happening, Eggman inserts the last emerald into Ark's central core. And all of a sudden, a monitor tur- nearby turns on, showing an image of Gerald Robotnik. And at the same time, the Ark starts barreling towards Earth on a collision course. <laughs> and then Gerald's like, I'm going to get my revenge on humanity. How dare you kill my granddaughter? Right. And so everyone shows up and are immediately upset at Eggman, who's like, I had nothing to do with this today. Well, hold on. <laughs> I only wanted a giant space laser to threaten to destroy everything. I didn't want to actually destroy everything. Right. So... Everyone's like, no, you had to be, a, this had to be your fault. But like, Rue shows up again. She's like, hey, I found your grandfather's diary. Uh, weird, right? That I have this. Anyways, <laughs> you maybe should read this. And so it reveals that after Maria died, he went mad. And wanting revenge on humanity, he programmed the Ark to slam into the Earth if all seven Chaos Emeralds were collected, thus destroying the Earth. Why was that the trigger? Excellent question. I don't know. I guess so. It's just like, oh, so <laughs> why the government... didn't he just do it? I guess maybe it's sort of like a Hubris sort of thing. Like, oh, well, if if humanity decides to use this against their enemies, well, guess what? It'll just destroy everything. Ha ha ha. I I have no idea. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's my best guess. So. A truce is called, and everybody, except Shadow, who's like, man, whatever, this kind of tracks with what I want, right? starts making their way to the cannon's core, hoping to stop the energy transfer there. Amy, having been left behind, manages to find Shadow just sort of hanging out and asks him to help the rest. And at first he's like, nope, I, this is kind of what I want. Yep. But Amy's cheery attitude reminds him of Maria, and he remembers Maria's last words, to give them a chance to be happy. And he's like... Oh, oh, whoops, uh, I, I, I messed up. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> and he goes to catch up with the rest. <laughs> so Sonic and Knuckles gets to the cannon's core, and this is like the only other time that Knuckles and the Master Emerald are going to be relevant. Right. Because it turns out that the Master Emerald shine has is, is been essentially recreated to presumably better harness the power of the Emeralds. Mm-hmm. And they also run into Gerald Robotnik's best attempt at the ultimate life form. A giant lizard slash salamander with tubes sticking out of it called the Bio Lizard. <laughs> who it's, looks so lame. He's so dumb. He's kind of cute, actually. Like, oh, yeah. I hug the Bio Lizard, but yeah. he's he's not threatening for like a final boss. No. It's then that Shadow finally catches up with Sonic and tells him to go after the Emeralds while he fights the Bio Lizard. And so he like manages to beat it, while in the meantime, Knuckles uses the reformed Master Emerald to cut off the power of the Chaos Emeralds, stopping Ark. Except it turns out the bio lizard can use chaos control. Right. Which it does so in order to can. graft it 
itself to the front of the arc cannon and starts manually steering the arc towards Earth. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> why why does this happen? Why was it built like this? I don't know. I have no idea. And Shadow seems really surprised by this because he's like, is that what chaos control is? It's like teleporting things? Yeah, no, you've been doing that all game, dude. I mean, really, the better question is like how he's able to do that without the actually using a chaos emerald. But yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. So, Alex, I have another question to ask you. Mm. What's better than one supersonic? Two supersonics. That's right. So they but both gather the. Oh, go ahead. Can the second super be hyper? Oh, is he? Is he? I, I'm pretty called sure it's called hyper shadow. I think you might be right. Yeah. Oh man, I remember. I remember when they had hypersonic and it was cool because yeah. it was all rainbow colors and Sonic oh, levels. And yeah. they forgot about that. They, they super forgot about it. They super did. So they both become super or hyper or whatever. And, with, and while Knuckles stares with some really good early 2000s slack jawed nonsense, his like <laughs> mouth like drops for some reason. It's like, what's going on? I've never seen this before. You have. You have Multiple many times. times. <laughs> they fly out to, into space and take the fight to Biolizard, now called Final Hazard. <laughs> And while they're fighting him, another really good butt rock song starts playing oh, called Live so and Learn. Good. Live and which Learn's so good. It might be the best one they've ever done. It might be. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. This world's also really good. The one good thing for Sonic 2006. Mm. But but yeah, it, that starts playing. And it's a hell of a fight. Really love it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And so they manage to pummel the beast and defeat it. And using their remaining power, do a dual chaos control to move the arc back into orbit. Unfortunately for Shadow, he loses the last of his power before he can get back to the arc and falls into Earth's atmosphere. Sonic meets back up with the team and then gives him the bad news that Shadow is dead. He then gives Rouge Shadow's bracelet for some reason. And she asks if he really was created to get revenge. And Sonic says that he was what he was. A brave and heroic hedgehog. And then, like, everybody starts sharing moments with each other. Like, Eggman and Tails, like, share a moment as well. They're like, Eggman's like, man, I really looked up to my grandfather. I really want to just be the best scientist and help humanity. Did he really want to murder everybody? And Tails is like, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we all did it together. And Eggman's like, you're right, Tails. Yeah, good guy. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. He blew up the moon, and he's going to go on to do other stuff like blowing up the moon. Yeah, he's going to continue doing things. <laughs> yeah, it, this is going to be a continuing theme, too, where they're all going to just, like, team up and get together. And, like, Eggman's going to be like, man, yeah, stuff was crazy. Anyways, I'm going to go home, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, no, see ya. Yeah, see ya. And then he'll just show up with more death robot armies. Yeah. Summon more beast and whatnot i don't understand how eggman sees himself or how sonic sees him <laughs> yeah they have almost like a lupon zenigata sort of thing kind of like, are, yeah are they actually friends i feel <laughs> like sonic's just kind of jazzed that eggman's pulling some shit yeah and like eggman's kind of the same he's like oh you blew up my thing that just gives me an opportunity to build something cooler yeah I could build a better casino. <laughs> it's uh, so weird. It's so weird. 
So yeah, that's more or less how the game ends. Although it does really end with Sonic telling everyone, let's go home to the planet that's as cool and blue as me. And then we see the image of Shadow just transposed on top of the Earth. <laughs> and we say, goodbye, Shadow. We'll never see you again. Oh, 2001 so, was a time for anime. It really was. And Alex, in part two, we're going to learn what Shadow's been up to, being <laughs> very much not dead, as we talk about Sonic Heroes. Oh, Sonic man. Shadow the Hedgehog, where they give him a gun for some reason. Yeah. And Sonic 2006, where they go, what if Sonic had a girlfriend that wasn't his own species? <laughs> oh. But that's going to be for next time. Alex, how are you feeling? I feel I feel good. I love Sonic. Sonic is the worst. It's the absolute worst. And <laughs> what I really like about the Sonic series, it honestly, it starts out extra. Yes. Absolutely. Like, like Sonic Adventure, yeah, you know, like like everything, it's it's it doesn't have a huge escalation to it, but then you get the Sonic Adventure 2 and you're like, no, nah, listen, we got some things to say. Right. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> We decided to say these things. Let's blow up half the moon and have vengeful grandpas. Oh, uh, yeah, it's oh, it's so good. It's it's so, so good. And yeah, I mean, these two games are going to have such an influence because like Sonic 2006 is essentially Sonic Adventure 3 in many ways. Right. Yes. And yes. And like even like. Like narratively, like Sonic, like Shadow the Hedgehog is gonna really like follow up on these games pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Like to the point that like Sonic Heroes honestly feels like a bit of an outlier. With, a little uh, with bit, how it's yeah. Structured and whatnot. In very many ways, yeah, it just sort of happened, and mm-hmm. then they carried on with what they were doing originally. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be for next time, and I'm really really excited to talk all about that. Alex, do you have any final thoughts? Um. Okay, here, uh, my final thought is a question for you. Okay. What's your favorite character theme from either Sonic Adventure? My favorite character theme? Ooh. My favorite character theme is as long as we all team up and stick together, we could do anything. I guess that's not really a character theme. So, um, no, sorry, let, let me let me rephrase. Your your character favorite character song. Oh! Oh, yeah, because each of the characters has a different song. Yeah. Um, they kind of dropped that after Sonic Adventure, which is sad. Sonic Adventure 2, they did as well. Yeah. Sonic Adventure 2 is weird in that they had them, but they just remixed them. Except Mostly, for yeah. I mean, my favorite is either I Am the Eggman. Uh-huh, that's fair. Or, or honestly, I kind of like Amy Rose's. Yeah, yeah, that's real. Yeah, Amy's it's poppy, fire. It's poppy, in a, it's, it's poppy in a very terrible way, and I kind of like that. It's kind of fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you? Uh, I think my favorite is the Sonic Adventure 1 version of Sonic's theme. That one's very good. Yeah. Yeah, That that's also essentially like the title theme as well. Yeah. yeah it's really, really good. It's really, really good. Ah, mm. uh, yes. Y'all, y'all should look up the OST for Sonic, just, Sonic just, Adventure 1. If you want to just hear some really bad lyrical song, like, just look it up. Yeah. It's, it so is good. well worth your time. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. I'll, I'm just going to make that happen. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to just about do it for us this uh, episode. We'll be back next week to once again talk about Sonic Heroes, Shadow the Hedgehog, and then wrap up with the train wreck known as Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. 
Oh, boy. But that'll be for next time. Alex, thank you so much for uh, doing this as always. Of course. And if you want to see more great episodes like this, go to ftp.podbean.com or look up Fallen Through Plot Holes or FTP on your podcast service of choice. Take care, everybody. See you later.